Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. What's up, beautiful babies? That's funny because of my guests coming on today. We were all babies. This is Helen. This is Wine Face, my podcast. Helen here from Helen's Wines, which is a wine shop in the back of John and Vinny's on Fairfax in Los Angeles. Brentwood coming soon. Today, I have such a cool lady coming on. I've known her my entire life, like physically my entire life from the moment she was born. Her name's Libby Babbitt Klein, and she wrote a book called Baby Feminist that's for children, it's for babies zero to two or three or four. And she's so cool. And I was like, you're in LA, you got to come on my podcast. And I thought this was the perfect moment to start talking about aging wine versus not aging wine. And there's one area of France that is pretty infamous for creating wine or making wine that should be consumed young. You don't oftentimes age it very much. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing to talk about. And I thought we could do a two-prong approach to this is that one, Beaujolais and Gamay, the area that we're talking about, is hyper-seasonal to right now. And two... They're wines that you want to drink while they're babies, meaning zero to five years old in general. And then in some very specific cases, you might age them up to 10 years, but there is no guarantee that they will have the legs to walk that test of time. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Okay. So where is Beaujolais? Uh, first of all, Helen's Wines just got on Wine Searcher. I like applied two years ago and all of a sudden we're on Wine Searcher and so we have this extensive list of Burgundy wines. Burgundy is just north of Beaujolais, and why I bring it up is it's kind of blowing my mind. So if you're into Burgundy, email me, because I got a ton of it, and people are fired up, and they're cleaning us out. But if you're in Burgundy, it's sort of in central eastern France. Uh, if you went all the way south from Burgundy, you'd hit the Rhone Valley, which would spit you out in chateauneuf de pop all the way south which is in provence which is near nice um but 
if you go in Burgundy, Burgundy is so famous because it has this cliff of continuous limestone hillsides. And Beaujolais is south of there. It's south and west. And it's lime, It's also limestone hills, which is so special about it, covered with alkaline clay-ish. That's more Maconay. And then you move a little bit farther south. And then that limestone distributes into some silt, some granite. It's kind of got different identity depending on where you are. So Beaujolais is the place. The grape that they grow primarily is Gamay or Gamese. Makes you feel so breezy. I love Gamay. It's a perfect red wine. It has enough juice, fruit, and minerality to satisfy any palate. It's the illusion of being full while still being sexy and serene. Beaujolais as a place is then carved up into 10 different areas and you could think of them as being like 10 different little towns in the world of wine we call them the 10 crew Beaujolais this is unique to Beaujolais this is not an AOC rule that could get applied to any other region in France but when we're talking about Gamay from Beaujolais you want to be honing in on finding a Gamay from the crew Beaujolais and they are as follows. I'm just going to list all 10 off. Saint-Amour, Juliana, Chena, Moulin-Avant, Fleury, Cherub, Morgan, Reigny, Bruy, Cote de I know it's too fast, but listen, we could say it all again or just Google Cru Beaujolais or we'll put up some info on Beaujolais on Zagram. But what's important about this is you're thinking about 10 different areas and the identity of those areas vary a little bit and the identity is really defined by what kind of soil that gamay is grown in and directly correlates to how long you should really age these baby gamays. So that's such an interesting concept, right? This, this concept of terroir, the concept of the soil and the orientation of the vineyard and how site-specific or how good it is or that composition combined with Gamay is going to directly indicate should you drink it super young, like 2017 vintage, or should you wait two years? That's still a baby in terms of aging wine. Um, wines that you want to drink as babies. Actually, a fun fact is that only 1% of the world's wine production is meant to be aged. Um and I think that people are often think that if you age any wine, it will automatically get better. And that is just categorically not true. Uh, old wine, like drinking 20-year-old Barolo, or I, I've had a lot of old wine in my time, and not all wine ages equally, let me tell you that. But old wine has a romantic allure of returning to a specific place in time. It's like Nabokov, space time. We're traveling through it. We're reading novels. We're here. We're there. We're everywhere. The thing that age does to a dope-ass wine is it creates new flavors and textures that as a wine lover and consumer, you could never have imagined that it would go to that place if you tasted it young. And that's why people who age wine are kind of fanatical about it. But the rule of thumb is you don't age all wine, you age specific wines, and it tends to be wines that are more expensive. So don't worry about drinking something quote unquote too young. Um, for the average consumer, if you're spending between under $50 a bottle on wine, that wine is not necessarily something that should be aged or it should be aged no more than five years. But back to Gamese, which I call the ultimate mom juice. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, it, 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 it's the kind of wine that if you aged it too long, it would deteriorate 
Wine is a living thing. It has a life cycle. It goes through ups and downs just like all of us. And there's definitely... You, you kind of like are climbing the mountain to its crescendo, to its highest peak of flavor profile. And at a certain point, it dies and it doesn't come back. So if we're talking about Gamese or Gamay. Um, and we're thinking about like the 10 different areas that which is if you're going out and you're buying Gamay, you go to your local wine shop and you're like, I would like a Cru Beaujolais. You can think about them as far as aging um, cup uh tripleted or what is it tripleted into little categories so for example um Bruy, Reni, and Cherub are three of the 10 crews and they produce the lightest body crew Beaujolais and they're meant to be consumed maybe like three years within the production of that vintage so they're gonna have more of a fairy lightness more of a femininity more of a minerality and it's directly correlating to the kind of soil that these wines are growing in then you take it to the next level. You have Fleury, Saint Amour, and Cote de Bruy. These have wines that like have a little bit more seriousness to them. It would be great if you let them age one year in the bottle, and then you could continue drinking them for four years. And then the last triplet is, but they're actually four in this triplet is because that makes 10 guys is, um, wines that need the most time in bottle. Then when I say need, they don't need it. You know, that's me saying they need wine. Cause I'm like, let me get, push a wine to its most optimal fairy driven place. Like I love aging wine, but I also can appreciate it at every stage. So that is Shana, Julianas and Morgan and Moulin Avon. And today we're going to be tasting two wines from different vintages, uh, red wines, one from Chana, one from Morgan. And I tasted them with Libby later in the show. You'll kind of hear that exploration. But when you try these wines, you can understand why they're bursting fruit drivenness, this black currant essence to them could definitely be cool if you elongated its life cycle a little bit. But listen, I've made the mistake. I've let uh, wine from the area in, in Beaujolais called Morgan age too long and it turns like acidically volatile. It kind of tastes dead and flat. It's like a, a bike tire that you keep trying to pump up, but it loses its air within one minute. And then you can't ride that bike no more. Um, but that's what's so cool about Beaujolais is it's a really nice micro sort of focused area of how do we think about when to drink wine? Why this is the optimal wine to drink as a baby is because it tastes really good right off the bat. And part of that is because it goes through a process called carbonic maceration. Carbonic maceration is a step that winemakers use uh, during the fermentation process, which is after you've picked the grapes and you're trying to convert the sugars to alcohol. Basically, they don't press the grapes to get the juice out. They leave the berries whole. And then as the berries sit on top of each other, they cover the vat and the fermentation starts while the skin is intact. And the result is usually a less tannic, juicy, buoyant expression of fruit forwardness but without being like it's not jammy it's just the perfect level of juice of mom juice as we would say but that is why Beaujolais I think is such a good example because they employ these characteristics by using carbonic maceration to create wine that can be consumed now 
Um, I know this was like a hyper focused look at Beaujolais and Gamay, and it's going to be, we're going to be digging into it deeper the closer we get to Thanksgiving because these are for sure the ultimate turkey wine. So, in summation, Beaujolais is known for Gamay. Gamay is the grape varietal. It's made into red wine. Some people make small amounts of sparkling rosé or still rosé because remember, all rosé is made from red skin grapes. And it's usually a wine that should be consumed young. So I'm drinking Gamay's that are all 2017, 2016, or 2015. Stay tuned because coming up, we got Libby Bebe Klein. What up? This is Helen. I'm back. Back with my red gingham wearing friend, Libby Babbitt Klein. Hello. What up, Lib? Yo. Libby and I have known each other for 35 years. That's yes. right. We are 35 years old. I'm proud of it. Yes, we are. We met. Where did we meet? In utero. <laughs> you were in utero. I was alive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I well, that's a different argument. Anyway, right. Okay, yeah. But um, I think I heard Helen's voice when I was still in my mother's tummy. We grew up on the same block in New York City. I'm nine months older than Libby. The moment she was born, we were hanging out with our moms, just hanging, yes. gnawing on bones. Her mom <laughs> gave us bones once to gnaw on for our teeth. I was very confused, but it was cool. We were at yeah. the kids' table. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian now, <laughs> but and that's probably why. <laughs> so Libby wrote a book. Let me just give the people what they want. Why are you here? No, I'm just kidding. Libby, she's here because she's my oldest friend, oldest and bestest. But let me just tell people, you wrote a book called Baby Feminists, a lift the flat book meant for babies. What's the age range? Like what what age kids are we targeting here? Zero to three. Zero to three. It's by Libby Babbitt Klein, my but guest today. Four and five year olds like it too. They like it because they can read it to their moms. Uh-huh. Uh, illustrated by Jessica Walker. I love this book. It is so cool. Libby did a reading yesterday at Book Soup. If you missed it, snooze you lose. But I'm trying to get her back out here for Mother's Day to maybe do another event. We'd love to. Because she's writing another book. What's the next book called? Baby Feminist 2. <laughs> but spelled T-O-O, right? Yes. Well, I'm a baby feminist too. That's right. Just to give you a taste of this special sauce book, you open the first page and I'll read the first page. Or maybe I should, I'll have you read the second page. So you open it and there's an illustration of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So good. And it says, before she rose to the Supreme Court, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, and then you lift the flap. And she's a baby. A baby. <laughs> she's yes. a baby. And kids, I'm just going to take a moment to say that little kids love this book because they lift the flap and they know the answer. They get to say a baby and the adult feminist transforms into a baby and it blows little babies' minds. Oh my God, it's a baby with a gavel and babies love other babies, which is like such a smart phenomenon to capture in a book. But... I just want to get serious for a moment. Let's get yeah. serious. Yeah, let's get down because um, babies baby love fem- babies. Baby feminists. There's a lot of baby-oriented feminist books coming out. I think yours is the best. The other ones Thank don't you. really make sense. We talked about this briefly yesterday because they don't really capture what feminism is and identifying that anyone who believes in what they believe in now, everyone started in the same place. But you defined feminism or where you wanted to come from with this book yesterday and I thought it was so good and could you just tell me yeah tell the people yeah give Hello, the people that people. for me feminism is such a basic concept it's just a belief in equality that's it a mm. belief in equality between men and women girls and boys 
Love it. All sexes, all genders, all races. That's right. And that the word feminism really sprang up out of vast inequality. And that's why we have a need to define it. Like, I'm always thinking about, like, is it good to define things and put things in boxes for kids? But what I love about this book is that it's, like, getting to the heart of, like, you start, everyone starts equal and we are raised different ways. And, like, if you think about raising your kids with this thought process of equality, there isn't going to be that need for feminism necessarily in the future. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about this, that this is such a book about possibilities. The mm. The last line of the book is, and baby, so can you. <laughs> you know, it's about showing our babies. Look at the range of people. And these are babies. You know, the babies are not grasping major concepts. But what they're seeing is different types of people, people of all different races, mostly women, and they're seeing that these are people that we value and these are people that we respect. And we live in these crazy political times where our children are going to hear names like Trump. They're going to hear names like Kavanaugh. But we get an opportunity in our own homes to say, no, no, no. Those are the names that we hear on the news, but those aren't the people we respect. We get to teach our children who we do respect, who we, whose accomplishments matter to us. And that's what this book is. It's introducing at a very young age names that our children will never not know in a way that they love because they get to look at little babies. Mm, so cute. And it is all about men and women. I There's so many cool people you include in this book. And I guess yesterday you spoke about how you reached out to everyone, got their permission. Um, I wouldn't I love, quite say we got their permission. We reached okay. out to them. We made, you know, we've sent them all books. And we're like, do you hate this? And, they're right. like, and no. they were like, no, no, we'd love that. And we are so thrilled and inspired by everyone in this book. Can you read this page? Oh, yes. This says... Before they championed women and girls around the world, Michelle and Barack Obama were... Okay, and now Trump just imagine a little baby, and the little baby reading this book says, babies. Babies! And they're also learning plural of baby. That's right. That's right. I will say that actually trips my daughter up every yeah. time. Babe, that there's two babies. Yeah, she's like, baby. Babies, babies. Babies. Baby. <laughs> Shout out to Zip, Libby's daughter. Cutest, smartest. She speaks Spanish. She's a tiny baby still. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Thanks. Thanks. Um, so we, I love this book. I think it's so great. I think it just creates a door to open a conversation that I think whatever side of beliefs you're on, people can often feel alienated by. So cheers to you. Thank you. For writing this book. Thank you I, so much. I'd say... IndieBound bestseller since it launched. What? So thank you, thank you. Wait, congrats to that. Everyone go to Amazon today, order any baby in your life or anyone in your life a copy of Baby Feminist because it's bomb.com. Yesterday I told Libby she should animate it because it's so cute. So for anybody out there listening <laughs> who wants to make an animation with Libby, it'd be dope on a rope. Yes, and yes, then, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we were talking about on the podcast today was baby wines. So people are often confused about like, when do I drink wine? How long do I age it? What do I do with this wine? And I don't know if this definitely ties into baby feminism, <laughs> but I like to take a little theme and extrapolate it. I so, like that too. Yeah. And so we're tasting wines that you should always drink young, um, just like, you should talk about feminism when babies are young, but it's about Gamay. We're talking about Gamay today. We'll start with a rosé. Um, what's funny about growing up with Libby in New York was we never like had that moment where we were like the kids that got into trouble together. 
We were always like, even though we've known each other forever, we always went to different schools and we were great apart. And I was just like opening this wine and I feel like we only really had the experience of drinking wine or drinking in general as we got to be adults. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, most of my life was looking up to Helen, thinking, wow, Helen, she is a whole year ahead of me. She knows so much. And you know what? Actually, I still feel like that. And that's why I'm here learning about wine with Helen, because she knows so much. <laughs> you're you're all too kind. Um, okay, so the first wine we're going to try is, uh, oh, pouring it in the glass, Sexual Seduction. It's so pink. I love that song. And it's so pink. Amazing. So it's I picked a rosé because rosé should always be consumed young. They like to be consumed as babies. <laughs> so this is a 2017. Unlike baby feminists. Yeah. Do not consume the baby feminists. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't eat babies. Don't eat baby feminists, but consume wine. So I was at an event the other day, and this mom was like, I need more of the mom juice. <laughs> and I was like, are you talking about wine? She's like, yes, wine is mommy juice. <laughs> like kind of love that so maybe mom juice could work its way in and dad juice yes yes wine is mom and dad juice parents need it <laughs> from time to time yeah so this is rosé made from gamay in Beaujolais that we were talking about how does it smell to you Lib? It smells like nectar <laughs> You know, wine nectar. Part of this podcast, I started. I feel a little intimidated. No, okay. So I was about to say, don't feel intimidated. Okay. There's no wrong answer. I like nectar, though, is a great word. Yes. Um, when I started Helen's Wines three and a half years ago, I started teaching wine classes to women. And now it's not exclusively to women, but just, I was like, women are not naturally educated about wine. It's not something that men talk to women about usually. It's passed down men to men in a traditional sense. So I was like, I got to educate people. And so part of this podcast, my wine feminist moment, if I was a baby wine feminist, yes. <laughs> would be, there is no wrong answers. It is intimidating. And you can say whatever you want because it's your experience with the wine in the glass. I love it smells that you like said wine. all that. It yeah. smells like wine. It does. And I love also that comment about men talking about wine. For me, my dad, as you know, is such a wine. Oh, Chuck Klein. Lover and He enthusiast. knows his shit. He does. And I feel like he really always tried to teach me about wine. And I still feel intimidated about talking about it. So I'm glad that we're here. We're here. So rosé, it's always made from red skin grapes. As we were talking about, this is Gamay. This is from Chateau Cambon. So I think what's interesting to me about this wine is it smells like fruit and bounty and like baskets of overflowing Nectar. nectary items. <laughs> and then when you taste it, did someone say nectar? <laughs> and then when you nectar. taste it, nick and nectar. When you taste it, it's salty and clean and fresh. And this freshness is something that I think is important. Baby wine is not too young. Sometimes people are like, 2017, that wine's super young. But all three of the wines that we're going to taste today, they're all made from the Gamay grape, and they all should be consumed young. I do think, though, your dad is part of a school of like people who do know about wine, however he collected his knowledge throughout time, but he knows wine in a very intimidating way. Yeah. He knows wine in like an intellectual way. And I remember when I first started working in wine, your dad would talk to me about it and I would be like, oh my God, I'm so out of my league. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And neither of my parents know about wine and we never talked about it. <laughs> so my dad is an intellectual guy. Everything yeah. my dad talks about is on How an intellectual he... level, which I love. But you probably absorb more from it than you think because you were 
he was talking to you about it since you were a little kid. Yeah, I think that there is something also about the flavor profile that he loves that is deeply ingrained. And when I taste things kind of similar to what I've had with him, it resonates, but I couldn't, it's hard to speak exactly about what that is. How about this? Do you yeah. like this wine? I love this wine. Would you like want to have a glass of this wine, read Zip Baby Feminist, and just call it a night? Maybe you wouldn't drink the wine while you read the book. I don't have kids yet, so. Sometimes I do. Sometimes. Sometimes. What's your biggest mom hack? All right. I've learned that any scarf can be used as a baby carrier, and sometimes that's crucial. Like, you need to carry your kid, they're freaking out, and you can just tie them up in any scarf. Any scarf. Any scarf will do. So you always have a scarf with you. Yes. Oh, my God. I would never have thought about that. Like, there are all those expensive baby carriers, and I love those, too, but any scarf will do. I just opened wine number two. Okay. Mom hack from the author of Baby Feminist. Any scarf will do. Next thing you know, she's going to be coming out of with a line of scarves that are also like the upper baby carrier, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. <laughs> it's the latest fashion craze. Scarfs. Scarfs. Um, okay. So Gamay is best known for red wine. Um, so all rosé, as a reminder, is made from red skin grapes. Gamay is a red skin grape. It's made mostly in France, as we were discussing. And so I brought two different examples of red Gamay wine. Um, one is 2016 and one is 2017. And it's to kind of show that Gamay likes to be zero to two. That's its like drinking realm for the most part. It's like the book. So this is the, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to draw parallels every place I can. Um, So this is the Celebrité from Morgan, which is the Appalachian. And it's made by Le Epicuro. This guy named Sebastian's making it. Morgan is probably my favorite area. Wait, let me pour a little. And it's fall right now. And we're really getting into the zone of Gamay. It goes so well with... Thanksgiving food. So you're going to roast a turkey. You're going to roast a chicken. You're going to eat any kind of poultry. You're just going to eat stuffing. Um, I love the stuffing. It also goes great with Japanese food. Yeah. What's your what's your go-to Thanksgiving meal? Because you don't eat turkey. Do you eat the gravy? No. <laughs> you're so much stuffing. So much stuffing. Yeah. Just so much stuffing. stuffing. Potatoes, the sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, cranberry sauce. It's the best with this wine. Even though it's like pilgrims, native lands, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. So what is this one? Let's smell this one. I was smelling, I I get a little black currant. Black currant is great. I got black currant. It's great. It smells like black currant. It's kind of darker red, but you can see Mm. through it. Sort of like um. A, a deep uh, re- rouge. It's like a garnet. You kind of. garnet. Like yeah. we could wear it like a necklace. So black currant, and then you taste it. Mm. Wow. So soft, smooth, balanced but fruit. Like, what do you like about it? Oh, I was going to say, it's got this wonderful texture on my in my mouth and in my tongue that's like not too much but it's such a different kind of feeling in my mouth than the rosé we just had yeah it's like it's coating your tongue almost like a blanket yes but maybe like a soft light cashmere blanket instead of a heavy down comforter yes (laughs) exactly what has been the coolest thing about being a children's book author the responses from the parents Mm. people send me videos and pictures of their kids freaking out reading baby feminists and that is the best part it must be amazing how many more stops are there on the book tour we will be in santa barbara this weekend so if 
in oh yeah this will yeah people might be able to well they where can they find more info about you sure we're um on instagram i am at libby bk and the book is at baby feminist oh you have an instagram for baby feminist shit i gotta follow that shit yeah and the book is also on facebook at baby feminist so follow us how did you get inspired to write this book was it having your daughter had this been in you i know you had wanted to write children's book or young teen like for a while you wanted to write like fantasy books yes and i I will still you still still gonna do it i love it gonna do it um i have wanted to write a feminist children's book since i started reading and learned the word feminism and then i think when my daughter was born i first it was this mix of things i was so stunned that every human was a baby which is the basic concept of this book and the women's march happened and i felt so inspired by all this movement and this energy in our country and i saw so many kids there and i wanted something Mm. that could kind of bottle the political moment but the positive part of this political moment with feminism and with what i saw my daughter loving and the books that she liked that all had flaps and babies and i put that all together and out came baby feminists i love that what an amazing story Ah, okay, wait, we're going to go on to wine number three. I know, I'm always interested, like, how people are inspired to create. And I know you're working on this for a really long time and, like, getting the illustrations correct. And and the illustrator is also, um, was also a new mom. And we really, it was such a collaboration. Jessica Walker is so talented. I'd never written a book before. She'd never illustrated before. And it was from the beginning thinking about what do we want as parents what is the message that we want for our young kids she has a son I have a daughter Mm. we put that all together and and baby feminist is now here Mm, I love that so 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 amazing cheers to you cheers to you Helen congrats um okay so now we're tasting another gamay this one's from a different area so the last one was from Morgan this is from Shana which is like they're relatively close to each other because Beaujolais is made up of 10 different like little towns but they're technically called Cru Beaujolais and they're clustered together. And this is made by Tierdon and is called The Vibrations. Ooh, um, I do have a question. Yeah. You earlier did a podcast, France is My Hand. Yeah. So where on your hand are these wines from? <laughs> well, nobody can see me, but if France is My Hand, it's basically if you took your lifeline and yes. followed it down, it's down midway down your hand. Right okay. around there. Okay, I got so it's like center bottom palm. Exactly okay. center, but not too far bottom because okay. then you get into the Rhone. Center bottom. Center bottom. Right. No soggy bottoms. No, no. Yeah, the British baking show is my favorite. Mm. So how does this smell? To me, this has more complexity, more depth. Even that, if there's black currant, it's now a jam. It's more concentrated. Mm. Maybe they were fresh currants before. Now they're dried, concentrated. Yes, I smell that. Mm. I also get like a little cassis. I definitely get cassis. <laughs> I have a confession. Yeah. I don't know what cassis is. Cassis? Um, it's like a raspberry liqueur. Oh, yes. That you I put in know. a Kier Royale. I've and got it, it And Chambord. It's like, yeah. I wasn't going to confess that, but then I thought maybe somebody else doesn't know. Maybe a lot I'm of people. Them. Yeah. Also, it's not that big a deal. Oh, I like okay. the. <laughs> life was Thanks. Like, I'm going along with it. I'm going, I'm going along. along with it. I don't know what that is. Well, let's see how it tastes. The wine blows minds every time. Wow. It's so much more concentrated yes. than the last one. It's a, definitely a nicer bottle. Yes. 
We just basically doubled our quality level, but it's also from a different area, different parcel, different winemaker. All these things like kind of tally up together to make such a big difference. A little bit of a different blanket feel. On yeah. The tongue. Different kind of blanket. Yes. Could be uh, more of a mohair mm-hmm. instead of cashmere. Mm-hmm. There's a little more texture. Yes. <laughs> what would you want to eat with this wine? Well, I guess kind of on the fall theme, it still feels like we're rich in that Thanksgiving dinner for me. And maybe Mm. it's just because that's where my mind is. But it's like now if the last one was like with the Brussels sprouts. Yeah. This one is like the meat of the meal. And I say that metaphorically since for me it's going to be veggie. This would be more like a sweet potato. This would be the sweet potato. Oh. Yeah. I made, I roasted boniatos, which are like the Mexican sweet potato, but the Japanese kind of culture is also loves the boniato. Um, and they're dope. They're Yum. white sweet potatoes. They were so good. Yum. And I did not drink this wine with it, but I would have. Yes. I put bonito flakes on, which Ooh. not for you. Fish flake. Uh, yeah, I you're like, no. Yeah. I might. <laughs> True confessions of a vegetarian yeah. <laughs> um this is so dope i'm so happy you came and could taste these baby wines with me these are so fabulous ellen i actually did have a question yeah I to ask you about. oh my god no one ever wants to ask me a question oh, i love this yes all right so tables I, have turned yes i am an avid podcast listener of your podcast <laughs> and you did another one earlier about how some wines that we're getting all the time they're like chicken nuggets and clearly i do not want chicken nuggets don't want the mcdonald's of wine no i don't but i go out to restaurants and I see the wine list and what should I be asking so that I don't get a chicken nugget how do I know you know yeah so here's the deal sometimes you're just you're stacking the deck against you and they don't have any good wine so it's hard to determine that right off the bat but the best way to know if they have wine that you're going to want to drink is to start with the importers so if we turn these bottles around you can see the importers listed on the back this one's covered by my sticker but it says imported by and that would say Veritas and Wasserman this one is imported by Savio Sores and this one's by Garber and Co and you maybe you start looking at the back of bottles and you start collecting or we're putting up on the website helenswines.com my favorite importers and distributors they vary state to state so that's the only tricky Mm -hmm. thing but if you start speaking to a sommelier in that language they're going to understand what kind of thought group of wine you like because there's tons like a importer is like a art gallery curator they're curating a bunch of like-minded awesome on that whatever level but then there's also importers who don't give a shit Mm. And they'll just import whatever wine. So if I go into a restaurant and they say to me, would you, what would you like? And then I say, um, I'm not sure I want something. Like, what are the exact, you know, if I the sommelier if, yeah. comes over, what should I say? Like, I want biodynamic. I know you said, you know, should I say, do you have anything organic? Like, just yeah. to kind of narrow it down, make sure I'm not having those chemicals and yeah. stuff that I, I know would, I don't want. I would say you could just take the big guns out and be like, I'm looking for an organic, biodynamic, or natural wine. Okay. Because those are three different definitions but if you get all three that's great or if you get one of those you're off to a great start great so then I can start there and then kind of go to the and then they'll profile. be like well do you want red or white right and et cetera et cetera um but then there's some restaurants just care about profit margins so mm-hmm. sometimes they'll be like it's hard because people can just fudge it and right. that's why it's like knowing the importer guarantees it I'm not saying Sam's a lie but they're yeah. in the business of sales so right. It's hard. It's really tough. Okay. I, f- I feel start out. Yeah. Start by like being like cut start. to the don't feel embarrassed. Just be like, I like to drink 
organic, biodynamic, or natural wine. Great. It's a standard of what I like to put in my body. Right. And if people try and push back on you, then they're assholes. Right. I don't want to eat there. But it no. just seems like we think so much about the the ingredients of the food that goes into our bodies and the wine. I want to know what's in that too. So yeah. That's really helpful. It's Thanks. an agricultural product. You are very welcome. Thank I you. I love it. I love it. We are making changes every day to yes, people's day life. Um, Libby, I cannot thank you enough for coming and spending so much of your precious time on Helen's Wines podcast, Wine Face. Helen, so I, good to see you face to face. So good to see you, my oldest friend. Oldest friends, technically, sharing, really oldest friends. Yeah. I, I've never not known Helen. i you know, we were at each other's weddings. Yes, and so many other events too. <laughs> I don't know why I went to that because I'm just right. like like also third birthday parties. Also, Libby's wedding was amazing. It was on the Snake River, and she like, you want, it was it was unbelievable. It was so great. But she her inspiration for her wedding outfit was Maid Marian. Yeah, that's from true. Robin Hood, and yeah. we used to play Robin Hood all the time as kids. And it was just like this crazy like full circle communication of you are who you are no matter what as you, you grow are. through times. And yeah. that kind of brings us back to the book is that we get to instill the values that we want and the things that we really care about in our little kids and that stays with them as Robin Hood Prince of Thieves which <laughs> I'm gonna say it I loved that movie so good and it still sticks with me even though when I revisited it it wasn't quite the cinema classic I remembered yeah it to be. no but it's okay it'll always be forever <laughs> in our imaginations it will be. Um, all right, Libby Babbitt Klein. Thank Helen. you. Enjoy your LA stay. Thank Everyone you. Everyone go buy Baby Feminist. It's so good. And Helen's Wines. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I think one of my oldest memories, or one of my favorite memories of Libby, is she used to wear this purple unitard, like, all the time. And we would, like, have playdates every day. Like, she would wear this all the time. And I just remember, like, even though I was older than her, she just felt so much more secure and not bossy, but like the boss of her own life, which when I was younger, I really struggled with. I had a hard time speaking up for myself. I definitely gave people the silent treatment. I didn't know how to process my feelings or emotions. I didn't know that I could make them a big deal. And um, I always think about <laughs> the annoying times with her and her purple unitard. I attribute... <laughs> those moments when maybe she'd fart in my face <laughs> as part of why I am the woman I am today. So thank you, Libby, for writing that amazing book. Um, she's such a badass. Uh, we have three dope wines we talked about. They're one Gamay Rosé from Chateau Cambon. If you know Helen's Wines, you know that Chateau Cambon's red wine is a staple in the shop. We always have it. It's so bomb.com. But their rosé is super special. I have some now. It will run out. But it's the perfect, like, salmon-colored, pale, fall-drinking rosé. We talked about the Celebrity Morgan. If you want to take it a step up, this is $27. So they kind of progress in niceness and intensity. This one's from Morgan. It's just seductive gamay. It's just enough juicy. It's just enough bright. And then we went into the Tiradon Vibrations, which is from Shana, which is an area that I think you know, a lot of times people overlook these wines and they're so hyper elegant and so beautiful. We have a ton of Gamay coming into the shop right now. It's 
probably my favorite red wine to drink. Um, so if you're in the area, if you're in Los Angeles and you want to get a special bottle, you want to take it up even further, you want to get a wine from Jean-Louis Dutreve or Jean Foyard. We just got Foyard Julienas in stock, which is like a unicorn. You don't, you never see it. <laughs> so come on by Helen's Wines. This was so cool starting to talk about demystifying what should we do? Should we age the wine? You don't need to age wine. You don't need to have some crazy old cellar. I mean, if you get the opportunity to taste old wine, it is amazing. But I think that is a very high bar. There is a barrier to entry based on the fact that the wines that you want to age are expensive. So why not live a little YOLO, drink Gamay now? feel breezy uh visit me on instagram at helens wines visit my website helenswines.com we're going through website renovation right now so i know you want to be able to interact and buy wine online and you will be able to coming in december thank you very much have a beautiful day bye